The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Great to be back with you as part of Big Fight Weekend and the podcast as we get ready for Memorial Day this weekend. And there is a plenty on the plate here to dissect, to talk about. I know it's been a few days, but can we say enough about Deontay Wilder's wicked right hand? The right hand that put Dominic Brazil flat on his back, uh, signed, sealed, delivered on if he wanted to make a huge statement, it would be something like that. Well, it was something like that. A first-round knockout, and I look forward to talking with guests here on the podcast about what that means for the future, for an Anthony Joshua fight, the pressure that's on Joshua, the pressure that's on Tyson Fury in separate fights uh, coming in, in the next few weeks to do what Wilder did the other night. And, and look, you can say what you want about Deontay Wilder being unorthodox. Uh, sloppy, leaving himself open to get counterpunched, and Brazil was even doing that the other night. But folks, what's the same common denominator over and over again in his fights? He drops whoever it is eventually with the big right hand. And and Brazil got it much earlier than Tyson Fury got it, but Tyson Fury got it in, in December, in the 12th round. He got up from it, amazingly. But, I mean, whether you're talking about previous title defenses, Eric Molina... Spilka, the rematch with Stavern, uh, which, which again, the Stavern decision, uh, which was the first time that he had gone the distance, Wilder, in a uh, in a championship fight, Wilder broke his hand, broke that right hand earlier in the fight and kept fighting through it. Well, he rematched Stavern and destroyed him in one round, knocked him down, knocked him out in the one round. Same thing we saw with Brazil the other night. Amazing from the WBC champ. More on what we're going to see from Anthony Joshua coming up in the podcast. Let me lay out what we have for you here. Keith Eidek will be here from BoxingScene.com. Senior writer. Love his insight, not only for this Wilder fight, the upcoming Joshua fight. Keith is based in and around New York. We'll have great insight on another heavyweight contender that is coming up uh, here in a little bit. So I look forward to that interview. Uh, also with me, Marquise Johns, the lead writer, the, uh, the operator of BigFightWeekend.com. He's going to be previewing the bevy of fights that will be going on this weekend from Kissimmee, Florida. He's going to be covering that one. We're here in the Sunshine State. The Ito Herring Jr. lightweight title fight. Um, Marquise will be on hand for that one. We'll be talking with him about that. We'll be talking to him about the Fox Sports 1 show that will be going on as well, featuring Austin, no doubt, Trout in the main event, Jr. middleweight title fight, and the DAZN card going on as well in Maryland, featuring Devin Haney, Michael Hunter, and others. So Marquise will have some insight on all of that. Plus, Keith Thurman, Manny Pacquiao, July pay-per-view, world welterweight title fight, Marquise will have some thoughts on the promotion starting up, the press conferences, the pre-fight press conferences starting up for that fight a couple of months from now. So I look forward to talking with him. So lots to cover here on the podcast uh, here for this week as we get rolling along. A reminder, however you found us through redcircle.com, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play to the podcast here as part of bigfightweekend.com. And also a reminder, we are brought to you in part, wherever you're going to see these fights, uh, make it Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. And remember our promo code, BIGFIGHT10, will save you 10% off your order 
on Vivid Seats. Use their app for the fight card that's in Kissimmee this weekend in Florida. The Ito Herring for that Austin Trout fight that's in Biloxi, Mississippi. The DAZN show with Devin Haney that's in Maryland. Wherever the events are, the biggest events in boxing, go to Vivid Seats and their mobile app to find out more. And with all of that out of the way, let's get to our guests. All the action from last weekend, the Wilder Big Knockout, boxing action this weekend, and much more. Here we go. We are rolling along here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast, and it has been a while. I love getting the chance to catch up and get the insights. Senior writer, BoxingScene.com. He was on hand for that Deontay Wilder bomb right hand against Dominic Brazil last Saturday night at the Barclays Center. He is Keith Eidek, who's back with me here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. How are you, sir? First of all, good to have you. Hey, thank you, KJ. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than Dominic Brazil, although I think he's probably recovered after what we saw the other night. Uh, you have been around. I've been around a little bit. You've been around a while. Uh, how impressive was that one-punch knockout from what you've seen in the past in person or some of the greats like Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, et cetera, that have the big power? How impressive was that to see firsthand? Yeah, it was very impressive. You know, I think it does something to build Deontay Wilder's brand as he moves forward toward the Anthony Joshua fight next year. Uh, you know, it was, it was a, it was a spectacular knockout. I mean, he couldn't have done anything more impressive than he did. Uh, you know, Dominic Brazil had only been stopped once before he'd only lost once before to Anthony Joshua. So, uh, no one had done that to him. He's not the best defensive fighter in the world, but he's a big, strong guy, six, seven, 255 pounds. And no one had blown him out like that, including Anthony Joshua. So that was a big night and a big moment for Deontay Wilder. You know, you bring up a point that I've already raised before you came on this podcast, that in the chronology here with Joshua fighting coming next weekend, not this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, but next weekend, and then Tyson Fury fighting someone that might, that, you know, might as well be in the witness protection program coming weeks later on top rank and ESPN's card, that Wilder went first in the batting order, kind of like a leadoff hitter. And the fact that he did this is impressive, but the fact that he did it first I think uh, it, it kind of sets the tone for what we might need to see from the other two. That's another takeaway that I have coming off of this. Do you buy that, the fact that he was first out of the box with an explosive first-round knockout? Yeah, I think there's something to that, TJ. He definitely – there's a lot of buzz. I mean, I think the, the clip of the fight, uh, the official clip of the fight – was watched more than 10 million times online. So there, there's definitely been some mainstream buzz about Wilder's knockout. And, yeah, sure, there's a little bit of pressure on Joshua to uh, to beat Andy Ruiz impressively. You know, Wilder's a bigger puncher than Joshua, although Joshua's more, you know, he's a big puncher also, but he's more of a, a uh, an accumulation type of puncher who stops people more than actually knocking them out. Uh, Wilder is probably the biggest puncher in the entire sport, pound for pound. So, um, yeah, so he's got a little bit of a head start here. And Tyson Fury, obviously, is a boxer, despite that he's six foot nine and 260 pounds. He's more boxer than puncher, and, and no one is really all that familiar with Tom Schwartz. So, uh, you know, it, I, I don't know how much buzz is going to be generated from that fight, especially because it, it's perceived that Tyson Fury avoided his rematch with Deontay Wilder because he had a contract for almost a week. He could have signed it and made a lot of money. And I understand, you know, they're trying to squeeze every dollar out of this that they can while they're at this point in their careers so it's hard to fault them there but he he has gotten some blowback and 
uh, and taken some criticism for fighting Tom Schwartz and going to ESPN rather than fighting Deontay Wilder in an immediate rematch. So uh, the, the pressure is definitely on Joshua coming up more so than Fury because Fury's not a huge puncher, but um, but he's going to take some more criticism as he gets you know closer to this June 15th fight. Again, I love uh, Keith Eidick's uh, insight here from Boxing Scene. He's with me for just a few more minutes. Um, did it surprise you that that fight had around a million views on Showtime Live? I know you reported earlier in the week uh, that that was down from the Wilder-Ortiz fight that was also on Showtime by a couple hundred thousand. Now, again, in, in fairness, you understand this, and everybody you know that has common sense, the fight was one round long. It's not like you could, and not even a full round. Yeah. You couldn't build a lot of audience there, Keith, uh, as opposed to a 10-round Wilder-Ortiz. Did that, did that come in about what you thought it would be for audience was it a little low does it mean anything you know i thought it might get over a million but as you said tj you don't have much time in two minutes and 17 seconds to build an audience they were also going head to head with uh the uh game three of the western conference finals with the the trailblazers and the golden state warriors which i think was the second most watched conference finals game in ESPN history. So that had a huge audience and, you know, but you're always going to have competition from something. So either you're going to draw eyeballs or you're not. Uh, I don't like to make excuses for boxing's low viewership when the numbers are lower than, than some might anticipate. So, uh, you know, I try not to lean on that, but at the same time, there, there was some stiff direct competition at the same time. Uh, you know, Dominic Brazil was, was an, uh, I believe Wilder was an eight to one favorite and Dominic Brazil was not given much of a chance to win this fight. I think maybe if it was perceived as a more competitive fight, they might have gone over that million mark. But between the live viewership on Showtime and the live streaming viewership, they did it peaked at about 990,000 viewers, which is almost right there at a million. But uh, So I don't think they're disappointed. But, but again, they didn't have time to build an audience. Dominic Brazil was viewed as, viewed as a huge underdog, and rightfully so. Uh, so I didn't think it would eclipse what they did for the Ortiz fight because that was perceived as the toughest fight of Deontay Wilder's career, and it unfolded as exactly that. So I think that's why they got that number. Um, although you know, it, it's a little harder these days to to get viewership because you know people watch television in different ways, or that you know they watch yep. Showtime or, or other shows in different ways. So you know, it's it's a little harder to get those high numbers these days. All right, so speaking of high numbers, DAZN is hoping that this Anthony Joshua United States debut at Madison Square Garden will have some good numbers, if not high numbers, to use your phrase that you just used. I don't know how realistic that is. Certainly, they struggled to find a replacement opponent uh, for Jarrell Martin, for Big Baby Martin, when he flunked the drug test. They found one in Andy Ruiz. You've been in and around New York. You've been in and around uh, the last few weeks and few months of this. As it builds here over the course of the next 10 days, is there going to be legitimate interest in and around New York, the Garden, the United States? Do we speculate for me? What do you think? To some degree, yes. And, And a lot of that has to do, TJ, with a lot of the Brits coming over to this fight. I believe they've sold somewhere around 10,000 travel packages to Brits who are coming over to watch his debut in the United States. You know, Madison Square Garden is obviously an iconic venue and people, you know, love attending events there. So it's kind of almost doesn't matter to them who he's fighting, whether it was Jarrell Miller or uh, Andy Ruiz. It it almost doesn't matter to the Joshua fans. They were coming here one way or the other. So I think they're going to make a big night of it. I I think there'll be a bigger crowd at Madison Square Garden overall than there was for the Wilder fight at Barclays Center. The announced attendance for that fight was about 13,181, I believe it was. Not sure exactly how many of those tickets were sold because we didn't get the ticket report yet. But, um, 
you know, I think they can they can come close to selling out the garden for the Joshua fight, and a lot of that will have to do with the Brits traveling over. But you know, Andy Ruiz is not a well-known American heavyweight. He, he's a pretty talented guy despite his body type. Uh, he knows how to box. He's only lost once to Joseph Parker. but uh, I th- So I think they'll do reasonably well at the gate. I don't know how many subscriptions it's going to generate for DAZN because, again, it's perceived much like Wilder Brazil as a mismatch. Uh, but it could be a tougher fight for Joshua than well, it, it couldn't help but be a tougher fight for Joshua than the Brazil fight was for Wilder. No doubt about that. All right, a few minutes left. You mentioned uh, in in passing a comment earlier that you believe Wilder and Joshua will happen next year. To to me, uh, we've been waiting and we've been waiting. So you don't hold out any hope that even this fall, this winter, something like a November or December, we could see that fight that we're looking into 2020. I wish I could be more optimistic, TJ, but just the way that this business unfolds and the way that they're looking at this fight is it can get bigger than it is now, and that's probably true, and, and everyone can make more money off of it, all the parties involved. So I think they'll they'll be patient, and I think they'll each fight one more time toward the end of the year. You know, if Joshua, everything goes well with Joshua next week, I think he'll make his mandatory defense against Kubrat Pulev, a mandatory defense of his IBF title. Uh, sometime later, maybe in the fall, sometime maybe October or November in the UK. I, I think Deontay Wilder probably will fight Luis Ortiz again. That certainly seems to be the path they're headed on. Uh, and, and their first fight was, was obviously very entertaining and, uh, and a big win for Wilder. So I think he'll fight him again. But that's a dangerous fight for Wilder. That's not a gimme. So uh, you're taking some risk, of course, when you, when you get in there with a big, strong guy. Luis Ortiz is 6'4", 240 pounds. However old he actually is, whether he's 40 or 45, no one seems to really know. But but he's a big puncher, so it's not an easy fight. Um, and you're risking all of this money going away with one false step, you know, one false move, and you get knocked out. And suddenly the uh, the $50 million payday or $60 million payday that you think you'll get for fighting Anthony Joshua goes down considerably. The same thing could happen for Joshua if he keeps keeps taking risks also. But I think he's in a little more uh, safe. He's going to be in a safer fight in his next fight after Andy Ruiz than Wilder would be if he winds up fighting Luis Ortiz. So, uh, you know, we'll be all holding our breath a little bit to see if we ever get to that fight because, they're again, they're big, strong guys who can punch, and you never know what might happen. No doubt about that. All right, I promise we're going to get out of here in a couple more moments because I know uh, Keith no has been gracious to join me. He's busy. He's trying to get out of town uh, as well. I know you reported on Wednesday uh, the, the, on BoxingScene.com that another guy that may get in the mix here, Adam Konachi, if I say it correct, even though it looks like Kaunaki, uh, the Polish-American fighter who scored a big knockout earlier this year, is undefeated, has got the big punch. He is going to be back in the ring uh, coming this August at Barclays Center, apparently, as part of a PBC, PBC show on Fox, uh, fighting a veteran who, who is aged and not much of a threat in Chris Ariola. What do you make of this, and can Konachi maybe get in the mix for Wilder at, at some point? Is he maybe in the mix, potentially, instead of Ortiz? What do you, what do you make of that? I think he is in the mix for Wilder, but I don't think that it'll be next. I think that if Adam Konoski beats um, 
uh, Chris Ariola on August 3rd, which I would expect him to do. Chris Ariola is 38. You know, he's been in some wars and is well past his prime. I would expect uh, Konoski's pressure and chin to be able to withstand anything that Ariola can do in that fight. So if he wins that fight as he's expected to do, I think that puts him in line to fight Deontay Wilder toward the beginning of 2020. And now that's assuming that they don't make the Tyson Fury rematch or the Anthony Joshua fight for the early portion of 2020, which I don't think they will. Uh, so he could be looking for an opponent maybe in January or February, and I think uh, Karnowski could fit into that mix there because I do think he's going to fight uh, Wilder. will fight Luis Ortiz first uh, probably in September. So if that happens that he beats Luis Ortiz, I could see him fighting Karnowski next. And, and look, you know, Karnowski, he's not the best offensive fighter in the world, but he's a very entertaining fighter to watch because he's got a great chin despite his flab and he, he doesn't look, you know, he He's got a body type like mine, basically, TJ, but he goes in there and he's got a lot of stamina. You know, he, he's in really good shape. Uh, he, he can go 10, 12 rounds, no problem. Throw a very high-volume puncher, for some, especially for someone who does not look like he's in good physical condition. Uh, so I think, you know, he's a, the other thing that's, that's primarily important here as it pertains to fighting Wilder is that there's a huge Polish population in the New York, New Jersey area, and they've always turned out to support their fighters, be it Andrew Galata or Tomas Adamek. Uh, they, they've had some real crowd-pleasing fighters here, and, and they've always done well at the gate. So if he winds up fighting Wilder at Barclays Center for the, for the heavy, WBC heavyweight title, you know they think they can sell out Barclays Center because there's such a huge supportive Polish population in this area. Uh, so that's a big factor as, as far as that goes, and he would be undefeated going into that fight. Uh, so they would make that more of an event. And, you know, his people seem to think he has a chance to win just because he's got a really good chin. Now, the difference, of course, TJ, is, you know, when you get hit by Gerald Washington or Charles Martin, <laughs> it's a big difference. It's, there's a big difference between getting hit by Deontay Wilder as the, uh, Dominic Brazil found yeah, out last I, I was ju- You beat me, too. I was just going to say, have them go ask Brazil, who's a lot bigger <laughs> than Konwaski right. is. Have them go <laughs> right. ask him about whether or not it's the same thing. So... Wow. All right, we'll find out if that is the case. Uh, Again, Keith, uh, I love your insight. Plug away on where we can read more of you as part of Boxing Scene, and you're a great follow on social media. Plug away, sir. Uh, Thank you, TJ. Yeah, on BoxingScene.com, we have uh, plenty of content up there every day, uh, you know, from myself and the other tremendous writers that we have on the site. And uh, my Twitter handle is IDECBoxing, just I-D-E-C, Boxing. Uh, at IDEC Boxing, actually, and, uh, you know, I probably don't tweet as much as I should, but we're uh, we're busy churning out stories and uh, going to all these fights, so it's a lot of fun. I love the insight uh, from Keith IDEC, and he does a tremendous job for BoxingScene.com. Read him. I appreciate him hanging out here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thank you, young man. Be safe with your fun that you're having coming up, and let's see what happens with Joshua and Ruiz and how the rest of the summer unfolds with the heavyweights. And if you let me, I'll bother you again somewhere down the road as part of the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate the kind words, TJ. Thanks for having me, man. Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka, a great taste of Florida at your disposal with Touch Vodka. They are proud sponsors here of what we do on Big Fight Weekend. Check them out at touchvodka.com to find out more about their artesian vodka, their three outstanding citrus flavors of vodka, where you can find it, and much more. Proud sponsors of Big Fight Weekend and the Big Fight Weekend podcast. It's Touch Vodka. 
We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. Continue along here. It is Big Fight Weekend. It is Memorial Day weekend coming up, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be some big action all over the country, different outlets, and really uh, also over in Europe, over in the UK. And to help me try to decipher, dissect, and any other D word I can come up with here in the interview is the lead writer, the purveyor of BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise Johns is back with me. Uh, always good to be with you. And and look, um, wow. I said this at the beginning of the fight. We were uh, at the beginning of the podcast. We were looking from that Deontay Wilder, Dominique Brazil fight for potential spectacular win, spectacular knockout from Wilder. Brother, did we get it with that big right hand last week. It has been a few days but that is still the buzz around the boxing world, the bomb that Wilder landed the other night. Marquise, I give you the floor and your chance to give me a thought or two on the one-punch destruction by the bronze bomber. I'm just glad that Brazil is all right because that was a shot that I have not seen in a long, long time. <laughs> it makes for time, DJ. But man, the fact that Wilder came in, Fred and murder, yeah. pretty much did murder him <laughs> and we're here to talk about it literally after the fact and it was actually a pretty good fight in regards to the, the destruction of, of brazil and also with showtime ratings wise they finally gave us the numbers that's because you know good things happen when they give you the numbers ahead of time uh over about a million views um uh in real time during the fight that video clip of him sending him to the canvas over 10 million views on on the old internet so everyone saw it, and everyone knows that Deontay Wilder is a big deal. Yeah, and and he delivered. I mean, so many times we've been talking uh, in recent podcasts here that we haven't seen the spectacular fight, the big moment. There was the moment that, that has gone viral on the internet, that one punch from Saturday night. So as I was talking with Keith Eidek, uh, a little while ago, uh, you know that that's first up. If you're if you're like going in the batting order, that's the leadoff hitter right there. That Wilder got there first, got the big knockout first, and that's going to play a factor with Anthony Joshua next week. And then I I really don't know. Again, we'll have time to say this a couple more times. I really don't know what Tyson Fury is going to gain, even if he does score a spectacular early knockout with whoever Tom Schwartz is. He's almost got to, though, now, Marquise, at this point, after what Wilder did, and that's kind of the same thing with Joshua. If Joshua fools around for several rounds and can't put Andy Ruiz away until later in the fight, that that is advantage Deontay Wilder and his handlers and his representatives and his leverage, right? Absolutely. And with Joshua being next up, I don't know if he's going to be able to stop Ruiz as quick as Wilder stopped Brazil. And with, with Fury... I don't. I still have not seen anything in regards to Schwartz on who he is, but Fury has been walking around New York City wearing fancy jackets of lineal champions on him. That's pretty cool, but that has, <laughs> that's not going to get anything in, in the stats of the heavyweights in regards to if he's going to be any better than Wilder or Joshua in the stack in, in this top three of these division. I really want to know if knowing these two are next up, how can you top that? And I don't think they can. I really don't. Yes, Joshua will lands the humongous punt and, and puts uh, Andy Ruiz to sleep in the first or second, second round. Then they're going to be okay 
there's my answer. You know, you know, we uh, we love the uh, the references to other sports. Allen Iverson's name became the answer because he was the guy that could go to go to the other floor and 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 drink or make the big big play it was the answer to what you could do. Let's see if Anthony Joshua can be the answer. That that obviously is next week. Um, all right, so midweek we got the first taste of Keith, one time time th- who we're both fond of. Again, I host this pod-, pod out of the Tampa Bay, Bay area. Marquis Johns lives here in, in Western Florida, in, in Tampa, uh, in the Tampa Bay, Bay area. We Keith Thurman trains in this in this area, so we are not one hundred percent objective when it comes to him. We and we want to see that guy do do well. Uh, but that being said, he's a chance for this pay-per-view fight with Manny Pacquiao now announced Saturday night, July, July 20th, later summer. The kick off the press press tour, New York and L.A. mid mid for this a couple of months, of months out. Anything of note, Keith, other 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 than these guys trying to hype the fight and at the pay-per-view review. In regards to Keith Furman, Manny Pacquiao. And the trash talk that's been going on for the past two days, both in uh, New York and Vegas, for the fight. The one thing that Keith Furman said that was of note that I thought was really interesting is he's threatening to retire Manny Pacquiao. And I've, we've heard this before. We've had several fights before saying that, hey, this is going to be Manny Pacquiao's last fight. And sure enough, he'll go play basketball or then he'll run for politics. And, but sure enough, Manny Pacquiao will reappear. But he is convincingly on a mission to say this. And I love the fact that they are hyping a fight, his fight up that way as a, for, as, a as a passing of the torch. Along with the, the fight beforehand that's on free TV with Caleb Plant and Michael Lee, where Caleb Plant is just on this destruction to pretty much say, this is all I have to do. And there's no one in my way that's going to stop him. And Mike Lee pretty much all but said, this guy's stalking me. He's reading my website. Does he want an autograph? It's fun <laughs> stuff. With this fight of Manny Pacquiao in Furman, this is going to make Furman the household name that he was supposed to be when he wanted to set this fight up. Well, he did on his end at least a good four or five years ago, TJ. What, yep. 2016 he's been requesting this fight? So with Furman wanting to call him out now and hopefully if he's successful in, in beating Manny Pacquiao, because which he, he claimed he's going to retire him, this will put him back in that pedestal in the world of welterweights where he'll become the next big thing and hopefully pass along the torch from Manny in regards to being a big well, office box office, and, and big box office Spence, and, Right, and I didn't mean to interrupt. Spence is supposed to fight Sean Porter later this summer so that the natural next fight would probably be same promotion, Thurman and Spence, but you got to win the big one with Manny on pay-per-view uh, that, that's coming up. And again, plenty of time to talk about that one. What I also want to talk to Marquise Johns about, who does a great job again on the Big Fight Weekend website of laying out all the fights coming this weekend, is just because it's a holiday weekend, there are a bunch of fights, and you will actually be OL on location in Central Florida for the Ito Herring WBO Junior Lightweight title, 130-pound title fight, top-ranked promotion. ESPN will show it all over the country. Tell me more about this one coming on Saturday evening. Yes, TJ. I will be, as they mentioned in the business, on assignment. I'll be at Osceola Heritage Park in Kissimmee for the fight. Fight starts on the ESPN Family Networks on the uh, streaming app on ESPN Plus at 5.30. They haven't updated on some systems and some some news sources yet. It's actually per their media credentials at 5.30 is the first fight when it kicks up. Uh, the main event, the main card itself, starts at 10 o'clock on ESPN. Herring is the underdog in this, uh, and Simplify is on a mission to win this belt from Ito, who won the belt from uh, Diaz at this location last December. 
the best part about this fight is they they framed the narrative for it in the event that the winner of this fight is going to go on and face uh, Berlachet, who took care of Vargas earlier this month. Interesting. All right, so that uh, that one is what's what is what's looming. Ito, the Japanese champion, herring though two tours of duty as a Marine, and I know ESPN has played this up with a previous fight of his. They're going to play it up big in the build up this weekend and Saturday night. That this is Memorial Day weekend. It's obviously somebody that's done a great job serving his country. Now we find out if he can win a world title. So there's definitely a uh, a military patriotic feel to this with Jamel Herring getting in the ring. It is USA, USA, <laughs> USA for this fight card on ESPN. And I actually like the fact that they're building it up that way because it is essentially because it's Memorial Day holiday weekend. It, it, it doesn't fit the story any better than uh, Herring facing men like Ito. It's going to be a tough fight for Herring. Because Ito has been running roughshod in this division since he's <laughs> before and since he's won this belt, but it should be actually one of the better fights that's going on this weekend, as you mentioned, because there is a lot of boxing going on. Yeah, Herring out of New York, and again, Ito, as you mentioned, fought Christopher Diaz last July in Kissimmee, fought back in Japan against a Russian you've never heard of last December. He's the champ. This is the second defense of his WBO belt. That is the main event. Uh, you know what else is this card? You mentioned you're there, you're covering it. You're going to be running big fight weekend. Is there much else on the card here uh, of the ESPN Top Rank show of note? It's going to be a more of a spotlight for a lot of fighters coming out of Puerto Rico. The main one of note on that is Jose Pedraza's in action, and that should be interesting to see because he's the co-main event. Before him, it's a lot of prospects for Top Rank. It's really just going to be more of a spotlight fight for a lot of these guys on that end of the card. Gotcha. All right. Now, simultaneous to that, Biloxi, Mississippi, Austin Trout. No doubt Trout out in action against Terrell Gausha. That's a junior junior middleweight down. Of course, we saw we saw Jack Williams win two of the junior junior middleweight a couple of weeks ago on on Fox in a great fight uh, with with Jim Hurd. This is also also a 154-pound non-title fight, 10-round fight. That's the main event. It's on Fox Sport 1, actually, cable channel. So we have that one going on. We've got, got the zone show, show is going on in Maryland. Devin Haney, Haney Antonio Mario Moran, uh, a 12-round lightweight fight. fight. Michael Hunter, the, the U.S. heavyweight, is, is also on that card. So fight fight card in Mississippi on 5-1. Done streaming has got, got a fight card in Maryland. What, what jumps out, Marquise, real quick, real quick. We're watching this week on the schedule. Absolutely. Let me start with the FS1 card with uh, Trout Geisha. Uh, it's going to be a pretty much a, a fight at 154 to see who can climb back up to the ranks. Uh, Trout is coming off of two tough losses, but when your tough losses are against uh, Char- one of the Charlo twins and, of course, the former belt hoarder Hurd, it's a chance for him to get back into the ranks to see what he's looking like. Uh, Geisha is on the up and coming to see if he can, uh, of course, stack up along with these guys. It, it's as you know, TJ, with 154-pounders, it's a really tough division. It's really stacked up on the PBC side of things with Hurd, who just lost the belt from Williams, of course, Lana, Castano. Right. And then, of course, Trout's going to be trying to come back into the mix on no, on, no, on that end. Well, in the, also, rematch, which- the rematch of Charlo and Harrison coming later later this summer, where Harrison got the decision he believed, and we, we talked about it last week on the podcast, Harrison didn't win the fight. Charlo, Charlo gets rematched. And again, Trout is just, just hope to get back in that mix. A shot against him somebody, somehow, some way. Absolutely. And he's trying to climb up in regards to it with 
with Geisha, hopefully on the fight card that's on ESPN, not ESPN, but FS1. Also, the prelims on that fight are on FS2. If you can find it on your cable channel, go ahead and pre- <laughs> preload that in advance at 6.30. Uh, if, if, if the channel of uh, Fox Sports 2, which is known for showing uh, uh, Formula E racing, not one, <laughs> E, and, and extreme billiards and other fun and, sport And events. replays of the, um, of the 20 Fiend Women's World Cup right now because the Women's World Cup is coming back around and around in a couple weeks. So they've, they've been showing a lot of replays of Team USA. On, on Fox too, but they'll have a little bit of boxing uh, uh, on Saturday. On that Dizone, are Devin Haney and in the main, main event. I know you wrote about, wrote about Michael Hunter as, as well on BigFightWeekend.com. Um, and uh, and uh, in fact, Hunter wanted a shot at Eddie Joshua, but Joshua advised very quickly, quickly he wasn't going to shot. Big American freaking fighter. I know high on him. He, him. He's undercard on the Dizone show, show, right? Yes, he is. And Hunter wanted a shot at Joshua. He was his name was actually in the running with Luis Ortiz, who supposedly turned it down before whatever reason. And the course did not did not went to uh, Andy Ruiz. Hunter's on this card along facing Fabio Maldonado, who I've seen TJ fight, but unfortunately it was actually a UFC card back in about 2015 <laughs> that he lost to. Uh, a guy, I think it was Cordy Peterson, and because he was supposed to face uh, Tom Lawler back when Tom Lawler was still in UFC. This is about 2015, 2016. So I've never seen uh, the, the guy that Hunter is facing in an actual boxing ring. So that's only be intriguing. Supposedly he has 22 wins and has been running roughshod over uh, the the entire country of Brazil in, in terms of comp opposition. So and no one's ever heard of him. That should be interesting. But this high, this main part of the zone card, this zone card's been shot since. Uh, it was supposed to be the the uh, Usyk uh, take him card, as we all know, but Usyk got injured and is right, probably right. not looking like he's going to fight until about August. So in, in the meantime, they they push Devin Haney up. He's going to have a spotlight fight. There's going to be a women's b- uh, bout on here with Jessica McCaskill and Anna Hill Sanchez. That's going to unify the, the lightweight titles. Uh, Jessica McCaskill, known for losing uh, one part of her belt originally to Kate Taylor a while back. And then Michael Hunter is going to face uh, Maldonado. That's the highlight of, of the, the zone card. It's really been a card that's been pieced together in, in right. spots. But I do love the fact that Hunter uh, was interviewed earlier this week asking uh, if, why, uh, if he got any offers for the fight with uh, Eddie Hearn and, and uh, for Joshua. And not, he said no. And my first favorite quote was, because he didn't want any smoke with me. <laughs> so... <laughs> We've been taking many different ways. We 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 know yeah. about uh, smoke in, in terms of uh, of rev racing. Smoke smoke also there in terms of a fast baseball. baseball all smoke mean things in, in terms of narcotics. So what's what smoke? <laughs> what smoke is is he talking about? I don't know. My smoke. Here's the here's the smoke I know about. That Hunter lost lost Usyk. You mentioned mentioned that uh, in April of 2017. Since since that time, he has now now won. Four for five in the last last three of the knockout out. So let's see if he, he gets a big knockout six sixty one. See if he if he gets a big knockout in this one against Maldonado. Undercard. And speaking of of heavyweights, one more while we cover the schedule is the brother of Tyson Fury, Huey Fury. If I can get it out, out. Huey Fury fighting in Manchester England earlier in the in the day U.S. time. Prime time in England. It's Chris Norad, whoever that is, and is in a heavy bout. So uh, this weekend, you know, we're diverse. We're covering all the way across across uh, of, across, across Hennick in England to see if Huey Fury has something here as well. Huey Fury's looking to rebound against, as you mentioned, the the well-known Chris Norad. 
on the ESPN afternoon card. ESPN has boxing all up and down, up and down the list on Saturday, which is pretty good on their end. But this is one of those one of those the spotlight heavyweight fights that with the uh, MTK Global operation, where they pretty much put on. Depending on if you if your 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 fan your fascination of boxing, either club level or second tier club level shows, and this is one one of those. In regards to it, my favorite thing about those shows, because I, I talk I talk about those shows on Big Fight Weekend all the time, is mainly the crowds in those fights are all in on these fights. TJ, you would think <laughs> that it was a Super Bowl party or a parade celebration or or a or in the states here it's it's, it's graduation weekend. For, for most schools and whatnot, you would think that someone's kids is graduating at some of these fights, and it's really just people just having a fun time overseas, just watching club level fights. All right, we'll see if your fury has thing there as well. Again, a piece promote remote, which you're right about on the side in the preview mode. Uh, I know uh, you're anxious in particular for the ESPN top rank show show bug away on what we're co- covering this weekend and. What you're covering this week and what we can read more on FightWeekend.com about. Uh, once again, check me out on BigFightWeekend.com. You can find me at Week Sauce Radio, all one word, on Twitter or at BigFightWeekend. We'll be covering the Edo Herring card in particular with uh, Zapruder film detail because I will be there. Also <laughs> on this weekend, I'll be able to catch back up with everything else that's going on with the Trout card as well as Devin Haney. More than likely, Devin Haney is going to make something a statement, as well as Hunter on this the zone card, because Haney was supposed to be in the running to face Luke Campbell for the vacant uh, belt for some guy named uh, Lomachenko stepped in and took everyone's dreams away. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do, hopefully uh, keeping an eye on everything with that this weekend at BigFightWeekend.com. That will be there as well. I like Herring's chances on this weekend to pull up the upset. He is little. He's he's a big upset. He's a big upset on a lot of people's uh, odds odd makers. I think he has a chance to pull this one off, only because I haven't seen Edo face the greatest of opposition. He just does have the belt, and it is willing to be taken. It should be a good one, though. Love love the work of Marquise Johns. Thanks for hopping on the big the big weekend podcast, sir. Sir. Thank you, DJ. Thanks for having me on as always. And there we go. That'll do it. My thanks to Marquise Johns, who does a fantastic job as part of the BigFightWeekend.com coverage. Again, he's covering that Ito Herring title fight, junior lightweight title fight that will be on ESPN, whether it's that show, the Fox Sports 1 cable show, Premier Boxing Champions with Austin Trout, the DAZN show with Devin Haney, or even over in England in Manchester for Huey Fury and his heavyweight showdown. Uh, he, he desperately wants to be relevant somewhere down the road in the heavyweight division. We'll see what happens there. We cover all of it on BigFightWeekend.com. My thanks also Keith Eidick with us as a senior writer from BoxingScene.com. Love Keith's insight and appreciate him stopping by with me here on the podcast. That'll do it here for this edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Reminder, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Podcasts will come automatically to you uh, whenever there is a new one. Have a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend and enjoy all the boxing action. We'll talk to you again soon on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.